This is NiceAce Now, your source for real-time and on-demand professional learning designed specifically with the independent school educator in mind. A podcast of interviews, seminars, and conference talks to listen to whenever and wherever you like. Brought to you by the New York State Association of Independent Schools. I'm George Swain. Dr. Jennifer Bryan has engaged participants at our conferences and workshops for many years. In this interview with Barbara Swanson at the NYSEIS Assistant and Division Heads Conference in November of 2018, Jennifer discusses the differences between evaluation and supervision and the importance of feedback to adult development. So it's wonderful to be here with uh, Jennifer Bryan, PhD, who is a psychologist and consultant who specializes in schools and organizations to create inclusive communities by understanding and addressing gender and sexuality diversity, as well as uh, strategic leadership. And um, we're at Mohawk Mountain House just at the tail end of the conference for uh, assistant heads, division heads, athletic directors, um, and uh, others who work at that sort of level. And Jennifer's been with us for three days. And um, I would just want to ask you first, Jennifer, what inspired you to do this work that you're doing, uh, both in the areas of the sexuality diversity uh, and gender diversity and also group dynamics? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a great question. Um, I think it's... it. Uh, it began with my own experience in school. It's interesting today, Lisa Demore was talking about how uh, sometimes parents coming in with a conflict have their own experience in school uh, sort of on their shoulders. And I loved school. I loved school and um, when I became a, a teacher after college, um, the thing that uh, mattered most to me was the relationship with students. And um, at the time, I was working at a boarding school that really did not have anything for uh, understanding or supporting the emotional lives of kids. So that's what sent me off in the direction of eventually becoming a psychologist. Um, and then doing the other kinds of consulting. Uh, in graduate school, I specialized in group dynamics. I might have been an organizational psychologist instead of a counseling psychologist. Um, so meandered in those directions, but in my heart of hearts, never stopped identifying as a teacher, as an educator. So this consulting work for the last 18 years has allowed me to come back around. And um, I love working with teachers. I love working with school leaders. I still occasionally get to go in and work with students. Um, I'm empathic to the parents who also um, need a, their own learning moment. Um, so at this point in my career, I'm kind of bringing it all together in a way that I never could have predicted. But now that I'm here, it makes sense. It certainly does make sense. Um, so as we're focusing on the uh, topic of feedback, which you worked with us on, on at this conference, um, I'd like to focus on that a little bit. So um, can you explain the difference that you see between supervision and evaluation? Well, uh, 
As you might remember from the conference, I, I usually um, try to use metaphors to help us understand these things. And so in this conference, I talked about how supervision is sort of like being a director of traffic, right? That you're, you're making sure that people are, what they're doing is in the service of getting safely to their destination. So making sure that teachers are carrying out their jobs, uh, which is ultimately in the service of helping children succeed. Um, and evaluation is uh, more about a, a measure of performance. Um, supervising, I want you to get to point A to, a to B. Evaluating, I'm going to look at how you got from A to B. So it's a, a, some measure of accountability and also some way to look at how much growth uh, is happening for a teacher over the course of their career. Um, and then feedback is the mechanism by which you do both of those things. Supervise, you know, hey, you're going too fast. And evaluation is, um, you know, I think in order for you to really grow from where you are now in your mid-career, you need to take some more risks. You need to take some more uh, curricular risks, right? So feedback is the, the mechanism by which so many um, of the kind of core aspects of school life happens. With, with no feedback, the kids aren't learning, the teachers aren't growing. whole thing is going to come to a halt. We'll have gridlock. <laughs> That's a great metaphor. Um, so in terms of feedback, which you just brought up, um, why is it that we find negative feedback so difficult to give? Because we're human beings, you know? As much as we might intellectually know, I, you know, as a, as a presenter, I say to you, Barbara, you know, t tell me how that was. And you say, it was great. It was great. Maybe you say, um, I think you could have done a little bit less talking and more listening and as much as I want to know that because I want to grow I also just feeling oh I wish I had not talked so much so we're human beings that have high expectations for ourselves and we're much more compassionate with our students when they talk too much and we say it's okay you know you learn by making mistakes that's how you get there but when we do it um, it, we're very conflicted. So in this conference, a lot of it was how, to, how do these upper-level um, administrators work with their supervisees, work with the teachers they evaluate, give feedback to parents, give feedback to students. It's all about how to help each uh, person in each of those roles do better. And um, we're, we're just always going to be conflicted about it. Uh, and, and people focus mostly on negative feedback. It's also um, important to learn how to give positive, good feedback that's useful. You could, you could say, oh, it was great. That makes me feel good, but it doesn't really tell me much about why it was. So you say, I, you know, it was great. It was very interactive. I thought the case studies were relevant. Um, and you used people's participation in a very creative way. That's positive and useful 
um, feedback. So we don't only grow from the negative, um, but we're kind of fixated on hearing bad news. Or giving bad news. Yes, yes, there's a lot of fear, a lot of fear. Um, educators are in the business because they care about people. Um, it's not the big mega salaries. Uh, and so the idea that I have to tell you something that is going to make you feel uncomfortable, that might make you feel bad, oh, that's hard for me to do, even if I know it's in your best interest. Mm -hmm. And now why is it that um, you mentioned positive feedback and how important that is, but why is positive feedback such a driver of engagement, vote, motivation, and innovation? Well, if all you ever tell me is that, you know, I'm doing, I'm not doing a good job, I'm too slow, I'm disorganized, I'm late, where's the motivation for me um, to really tuck into that other than uh, I just, I don't want to be in trouble with Barbara all the time. If I'm also hearing about the things that I do well, I'm probably going to believe that you truly have my best interests at heart. You do want me to grow. You're not just solely focused on the negative, um, that you see all of me. And maybe you can even see things I'm doing well that I'm not aware of, because I'm, maybe I'm a little bit in the, you know, in a slump about my performance. Um, so I'm gonna be more motivated, and this is true with kids, right? When we do our behavioral stuff in the classroom, uh, you know, praise is the way, and authentic, right, is the way to motivate kids. Punishment rarely motivates. It may extinguish an unwanted behavior eventually, but that's not motivation to grow. That's, you know, I'll stop doing that because I don't want to get in trouble. Those are really different. You just used the word authentic, yeah. and I want to point that, uh, point at that a little bit. Um, when you use the word authentic, how does that play into giving feedback, either good or bad, negative or positive feedback? Yeah. What does authenticity have to do with that? Well, we talked a lot in this conference about how the relationship between the giver and the receiver is everything. Feedback lives in that relational exchange. So if I am not being authentic, you know, if I'm just sort of, you're just another person in my office, you're third on my list, and I just kind of say, you know, it's our annual review, and uh, you know, there's this and this and this, and you feel like I'm not really in the room with you, me, fully me in the room with you, that I'm, my role is in the room with you, um, you're not, that, that's not who you want feedback from. You want, you want the whole me present, and you want the whole me to see the whole you. So we really have to show up as who we are authentically if it's going to be, um, it, you know, as effective an exchange as it could be. There's, you know, you can do it without the whole selves being present, but people who are really good teachers, they teach with their whole selves. It's Parker Palmer, he talks about that. Teach with your whole self. And I would say you supervise with your whole self. You evaluate with your whole self. Um, you give feedback with your whole self. Because that usually means you're bringing your humanity with you. And um, we also talked in the conference a lot about leading with empathy. 
um, genuine empathy, even if you're kind of a difficult, you're one of my difficult faculty members, I need to see you as fully human and uh, find what is I can connect to about that and be empathic to as I try and help you stop being, you know, late and disorganized and uh, cynical. <laughs> so what do you think the goal should be of all feedback, either negative, positive, whatever it is, whatever the feedback is, what do you think should be the ultimate goal? Well, I don't know. I, it's, that's a great question. We should have asked it at the conference. And this may be more my psychologist self speaking, but what first came to mind um, is the deepening of the relationship itself. Because what I believe is if the relationship is strong between giver and receiver, the work that we're both doing out here in the school is going to be better. Because we're all working in education to fulfill the mission of the institution and we want our students to thrive and be ready for the world. Um, the strength of this relationship and our capacity to give and receive feedback from each other is the gold that feeds this over here. So I think this is the purpose, but it is um, enhanced and made more uh, powerful if our, the, the connection between us is strong. And we go to work in schools largely because of the kids, but if you work well with your colleagues and you get along well, or you maybe you're not friends, but you respect each other, that part of job satisfaction matters a lot, and it helps you do your best work over here um, you know, with, with the students. What do you feel most hopeful about? <laughs> Thanks. Because I, I think it's been a rough uh, two years. I, uh, in my, my other realm, in addition to doing uh, feedback and how to work with groups is the gender and sexuality stuff. And um, I feel like I've been doing a lot of fear management when I go to work with a client school, that people are, are very nervous. They're afraid about making a mistake, saying the wrong thing, uh, getting pounced on, um, and that the climate right now is you can't really talk about touchy subjects because it's all too fraught. Well, gender and sexuality, these are touchy subjects. And I do feel hopeful that if, um, if teachers can uh, stay, stay clear that we, this is in our wheelhouse, to have these complicated conversations, whether it's about race or gender or socioeconomics, who better than us, right? This is what we do. We help students and groups and communities engage with that which is complex and which we need to be curious about and, and bring our, our problem solving and entrepreneurial and creative selves to. Um, so yeah, it, it, the headlines can be grim and you could feel like, gosh, it's not as safe as it once was to, to talk about these things. But I actually feel hopeful that, and I've seen this in my work, when I remind teachers, like, what's your educational mission here? And you as a teacher, what's the educational purpose in reading this book or facil 
facilitating this conversation, that helps ground them, not in the politics. Oh, I'm, I'm reading this because I'm a flaming liberal. No, I'm, I'm a second grade teacher who understands my students need to be literate in gender role stereotypes. Um, so that makes me hopeful that uh, educators are going to be the ones who are going to show the way out of this divisive, uh, the pattern of divisive non-communication uh, to something that bears, you know, more fruit. So I, I, I feel hopeful about um, what we as educators and teachers can accomplish. Great. So I've got one last question. <clears throat> what do you aspire to do that you have not already accomplished? Oh, gosh. Well, I hope I, I I'd love to, I, I feel um, so enriched by the work I do and that I've I have grown a lot in it, and I think um, I've hit upon some, some really successful ways to work with teachers and parents and students. I'd love to build a sort of next generation team that will carry it forward. And I have some great colleagues. Uh, I, I don't have um, a team of younger people who are will sustain um, the effort. So that, that might be something, but I, I, can't, I can't commit to it yet because um, that might be a, a challenge, but a good one. A really good one. Well, thank you so much for uh, talking to me and talking to our audience and for being with us today. Well, thank you, Barbara. It's always a pleasure. Thank you for listening to this Nice Ace Now podcast. Production support comes from Andrew Cook. Interview and conference support by Judith Sheridan and Barbara Swanson. Our theme music was composed by Scott Holmes. For additional podcasts as well as information about our conferences and other programming, please visit our website, nysais.org.